one of the things that made David able to be a man after God's own heart was he knew where to go when times were tough. He knew to go, where to go when he needed strength. He needed to know where to go when he needed shelter. He knew where to go when he needed hope. He knew where to go. See, as we look at 2 Samuel chapter 22, it's one of the last songs that David wrote. And then it's not a sober, dark kind of song, but it's a song of praise. And David found himself in the valleys. He found himself in the mountaintops. He found himself on his knees before God, crying out to God for help, crying out to God in praise. And the songs that he wrote have been used through the ages of time by God to meet and speak to the hearts of the people who have opened God's word and allow it to speak his truth into our lives. See, David knew. If you have a problem, if you have a praise, if you have anything going on in your life, what you need to do is go to the rock. The rock is God. And as we look at that, I'm going to ask you to stand as we read some of the verses of, Psalm, of Samuel excuse me, 22. We're not going to read all of them, but I'm going to skip around and read several of them. And so just follow along as we have the opportunity to hear what God taught David. And now he's praising God toward the end of his life for so many things. He says, and David spoke the words of this song to the Lord. He's singing it to the Lord. In the day of the Lord delivered him from the hand of all of his enemies and from the hand of Saul, he said, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold and my refuge, my Savior, you save me from violence. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised and I am saved from my enemies. And then in verse 20, the scripture goes on to say, He also brought me forth into a broad place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. And moving down to verse 29, we begin to read again. And it says, For you are my lamp, O Lord, and the Lord illumines my darkness. For by you I can run upon a troop. By my God I can leap over a wall. As for God, his way is blameless. The word of the Lord is tested. He is the shield to all who will take refuge in him. For who is God besides the Lord? And who is the rock besides our God? And God is my strong fortress. He sets the blameless in his way. He makes my feet like hind's feet and sets me on the high places. And verse 47 says, The Lord lives, and blessed be the rock, and exalted be God, the rock of my salvation. And the final two verses of the chapter say, Therefore, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the nations, and I will sing praises to your name. He is the tower of deliverance to his king and shows loving kindness to his anointed, to David and his descendants forever. Would you pray with me? Father, this morning, I pray that you would reinforce in the hearts of all of those of us who know you as Lord and Savior of our lives that you truly are the rock of our salvation. You're the rock to whom we can go in the times of need. You're the rock that brings light into our lives, that brings refuge to us. You're the rock that brings strength to us. You're the rock that gives hope to us. You're the rock that brings everything in our lives into perspective. Father, we need more than anything else in our lives to understand that more than we need power, more than that we need riches, more than that we need education, more than we need religion, more than that we need Congress and all those things, we need the rock the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, upon the rock we build our lives and nothing can take us away from your hand. Father, I pray today 
that you would encourage us in the knowledge of what's going on in David's life and help us to realize some of the truths that he relates to us in this moment, I pray in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. Four things I think could be said about what David is saying here, a whole lot more, but because of the time and the things that are going on, we'd look at it in four ways. I, I think what he says to us is, first of all, when times are tough, God is our strength. Our security. We can depend on God no matter what's going on, in other words. We can always trust God. We can be a part of it. See, David w- learned that when he was at his worst, God was at his best. And that's what we can all know about life. No matter what's going on in our lives, even with the very worst times in our life, God is always at his best in being a part of what's going on. David understood that it wasn't his strength. It wasn't his talent. It wasn't his ability. He couldn't depend upon his experience. He couldn't claim all the things that had gone on in his life. He understood all those things can crumble and fall and not be dependable whatsoever, but he knew that he could stand upon the rock of God and it would always be trustworthy. He would always be there, be a part of what was going on. He could trust the rock of his security in all the things that are happening and being a part of that time as he looked at it. The scriptures make it very clear that our security, those of us who know the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, is not found in anything except God himself, the rock of our salvation. In John, the Bible tells us that God holds those who know him as Lord and Savior in his hands and nothing can take them out of the hands of God. Not anything in this life can do that. In Romans chapter 8, we're reminded that God's love can never be taken away from us, that we cannot be separated from the love of God. Not life, not death, not principalities, not powers, anything above the earth, under the earth, on the earth. There is absolutely nothing that can separate us from the love of God and what we're doing. And Ephesians 1 tells us that we are sealed by the power of the Holy Spirit. We have security in God. That's what he's saying. David had learned that in his life. And as he sang that song to God, as he praised God and being a part of it, he said over and over again and many times throughout the Psalms, God is my rock. God is my security. God is my knowledge. All that I need is found in him and the things that are going on and being a part of that. Moses had the same understanding when he said in the book of Deuteronomy, the rock, his work is perfect for all his ways are just. A God of faithfulness and without injustice, righteous and upright is he. God is the rock. He's our security. He's our hope. We can depend upon God in any time and in every time of our life. He is always there for us. But David learned something else in the process of his lifetime and that which was going on. Not only is God our security, but the Bible teaches us that God is our light. No matter how dark things may be in our lives, God is always light. The Bible says in him there is no darkness that he is the light of the world, and all things exist by him and through him and for him. As we look at that and understand that he is the light, in him there is no darkness, the Bible says. The darkness doesn't comprehend him, but he is that light. And the scripture teaches us there's coming a day when we won't need the sun, and we won't need the moon, we won't need any of those things that God created because God himself will be our light for all eternity in the place that he's prepared for those of us who are his children who know him as Lord and Savior. David said it in, those familiar ver- in that familiar verse that we all know well in Psalm 119, verse 105. The word, your word, is the lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. That's what he knew. God is the light. We can know that no matter what darkness we're in, we're always going to have light because he dwells within us. And the light of God is a part of who we are. And so we don't need to worry or be concerned about those things. 
But not only is he our security, not only is he our light, the Bible teaches us, and what David had learned is that he's our strength. He's the power that we need to live day by day. David had fallen many times. His strength was, never, was not sufficient. He knew that and understood that. But he knew that God was always strong enough for every situation that came. No matter what it was, God had the strength that was needed to deal with whatever came along in his path. And he could depend upon God's strength and the things that were going on as he looked at it. He says, as we look at it, and there's some of the verses of what are part of what he says, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not look anxiously about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. God is our strength, David said. And he made reference to this, to this strength when he said, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? Paul understood it when he talked about it. And he said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And he even went so far as to say, You know, when I'm weak, when I'm struggling, when things in my life are going in every direction but the way I need them to go, that's when it's best. Because when I'm at my weakest, God's at his best. He's at his strongest. And I can depend upon his strength. I can depend upon the knowledge that he's there for me. He is our strength as we look and as we understand. But also, he is the Bible tells us he is our hope. He's our hope. See, we don't live in a world of wishful thinking. We live in a world around us that is devastated, a world that is dark, a world that has been defeated over and over again by the choices that mankind is making and all the evil that we're doing. And if we depended upon strictly what the world has to offer us, what our government has to offer us, what education has to offer us, what religion has to offer us, we'd be a people without any hope whatsoever. We have nothing except what we have in God. He is the hope that we have. God, David was saying, I go to that rock, that place where my hope is built, not in wishful things, but things that I know. He said earlier in his king, when he was king and, and he had that dreadful sin with Bathsheba and they had that child and the child died. you remember what he said? I can't bring that child back to me, but one day, one day, I'll stand and see that child again because he understood that God was his rock. God was his life. God was his hope. Job said the same thing. If a man dies, shall he live again? And his great resounding answer through the scripture was, Yes, yes, if a man dies, certainly he lives again. He will stand in the presence of the living Lord, the God of all the ages and the things that are there. It's not wishful thinking. It's the knowledge of all that was going on and being a part of it. As we look at it and as we say, Isaiah said it this way, Yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary because there is the hope in God. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who he promised is faithful. For, we, for in hope we have been saved. But hope that is seen is not hope. For hope, what one sees already sees. But if we hope for what we do not see, with perseverance we wait eagerly for it. Someone said, hope is the feeling you have that the feeling you have is not lasting. I don't live here in this place today because it can't defeat me because I have a God who is bigger than any place that I stand. I have a God that's greater than any obstacle that I stand and face. I have a God that can overcome anything that comes into my life. 
David understood that and he knew that in the time, in the very devastating moments of his life when he had sinned grievously against his God, he knew his God was a God of love, a God of mercy, a God he could call upon in repentance and apologize unto God and turn his heart toward God and God could be able to say about him. He knew that God would be who he needed him to be because God always does what he says he will do. He's always faithful to the word and to the promises of God. See, what we need today is to learn how to build our house upon the rock. That's what, that's what Jesus said in the closing of the Sermon on the Mount, you'll remember, as he came after those amazing words that he speaks through Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And he comes to the end of chapter 7, and he says this, that that person, that individual that has listened to what I have said, not just heard it with their ears, but have heard it in their heart and allowed it to take hold of their mind, that person who hears my word and does my word, He's like a man who builds his house upon a rock. And it doesn't matter what storms come and what may attack and what enemies may be there. It doesn't matter what comes your way. Nothing can shake the foundation upon which you built your life when it's built upon the rock. But that one that doesn't listen, the one who thinks they can do it their own way, that they don't need God, they can go the way of the world and the way of everybody else, that one is a very foolish person. For they built their house upon the sand. And when the storms come, and they do come, that house is swept away because it didn't have a foundation. We build our house upon the rock. That's what David said. That's what he was trying to get at in this, ver in this chapter. And all through his life he was saying, and what God could say about him is that he did my will and he trusted me. And he understood that when you need strength, where do you go? You go to the rock. When you need hope, where do you go? You go to the rock. When you need light, where do you go? You go to the rock. When you need salvation, you go to the rock. Because there's salvation found only in one, and his name is Jesus Christ. Not in any other way can a person be saved but to put their faith in him, in him alone, for the salvation that they had. David got a hold of that. But more importantly, that got a hold of him. And he went to the rock. Again, and again, and again. Because you see the wonderful thing about the rock? Our God, he never gets tired of us coming to him. He never does. He's always ready to receive. He's always ready to welcome us. He's always got enough strength, enough hope, enough light, enough vision, enough whatever it is we need. He's always got enough. We need to go to the rock. And I think the message that God would have us learn from David's life for this morning is the reminder that all of us need. We can look around us and we can be really discouraged if we're not careful. But folks, we can go to the rock. There's a lost world out there that doesn't have a rock they can go to until they turn to Jesus Christ. But we know him and we can go to the rock anytime we need to. And we can stand upon that rock and build our lives upon that rock. And I urge you and challenge you to learn how day in and day out, in the good and in the bad, go to the rock. Go to the rock. He will never, ever let you down. And he will never fail in the promises that he's offered. Would you pray with me? Father, this morning, as we come to these moments, we want to just thank you that you chose to give us an example in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ about what it is about who you are, about what you're like. We can see you in him. 
And I thank you that you gave us a human example like David to see that any of us can understand this and any of us can have this experience because David was just a person like us and he failed many times and sinned in grievous ways. And yet, because his heart so desired to know you, he knew in the depths and in the heights, you go to the rock. Father, help us to be a people who learn not to trust our own resources and our own strength and try to solve our own problems, but be a people who go to the rock, not last, but first, so that we can demonstrate the kind of faith that a lost world desperately needs. I pray that in Christ's name. Amen.